Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to our series. Gosh, 2020 lemons. No shit, Michelle. What the hell is going on? We're on our last episode of this, Michelle. We are. We've had some pretty awesome guest speakers this month talk about and reflect. And I'll tell you, literally, I can't even begin to think about the individuals that have come to us and told us their stories. I mean, we've had some inspiration to really reflect off of, and I think it's been fantastic to talk through with Nicole Miller. There's just been such a ton of information and great insights we've been able to get. For real, you know, it's always beneficial to bring other people's experiences into your life or your surrounding, right? It's the reason that when people do like a second edition of a book or a third edition of a book, they start to layer in stories, success stories, or feedback that they're getting from their readers because there is power in knowing other people are experiencing or have done something successful. And, you know, I think ultimately that's what we were trying to accomplish out of the series. Yeah, I mean, we've, you and I both have kind of taken our lemons and turned them into lemonade. But yeah, I think there's so much power in what transpires. But I think this episode is a moment of true reflection and how individuals, both in their personal lives and in business, can reflect because they've truly, like, this is usually a time of the year where. Individuals are doing performance reviews, they're wrapping up their fiscal year, their calendar year. There is a moment of reflection in your business where you're literally as an employee reflecting on the last year. And I think everybody that woke up, right, they're doing New Year's resolutions, they're doing their performance reviews, something one way or another, right? There's a moment of clarity and reflection of what's transpired or what the hell has transpired in the last year. I think I woke up on January 1st that way. Like, what the, what the hell just happened? Was I dreaming? No, no, this is, this is still the same nightmare. So. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Sad story. It is a sad, sad story. So Michelle, tell our listeners kind of what this episode will entail. So guys, what we're going to do is actually use us as an example to answer some of the questions. So we're going to share some thought-provoking questions with you and we're going to go through it. We won't answer all of them because we've got some fun ones and then we've got some really deep ones. And for you, I would say the same as us. These are things that you need to reflect on. You're not going to be able to answer it in a matter of minutes, but we're still going to try to get as far as we can and sharing our reflections. All right. Sounds deep. You know what? We're going to start off with a little bit of fun, some fun questions. You guys are going to be like, we did nothing in 2020. Oh, you did stuff. You just can't remember it through all of the lowered oxygen because of your face masks, right? Kept oxygen from getting to your brain. (laughs) Kidding. It doesn't do that. I'm not a doctor. Don't use that as an argument not to wear your face mask. But let's start with some fun stuff. So here you go. Favorite movie that you watched this year? And it didn't have to be in a movie theater because you probably didn't go to one. I was just going to say, did anyone go to a movie theater this year? Like, I did not. However, I think most of the world watched Tiger King when I had no time to do so. And I actually heard that it was pretty good. But if you try to watch it now, it's not even worth your efforts because everything's been like totally splashed and like spoiler alert on everywhere in social media. So I did not watch that show. So or that movie or whatever it was. Um, So I can't say that. I will say my favorite movie this year that I watched, although I only really watched one movie. So I'm going to say Guest House with Pauly Shore. I know it's very, it's a very silly movie. Like, isn't it from the 90s or something? No, he literally created a new movie and it launched on Apple TV in 2020. 
Okay, so what about, was was there any other favorite series? Yeah, so I would say, like, the only thing, the series that I actually truly, there was, like, two series I legit got into this this 2020 that I probably never would have. One of them is, like, um, I think it's, like, Sailing Sunset or something like that, where... I don't know. There's they're selling sunset where they're like selling real realtor realty um, on TV or like whatever. I don't know. It's out of it's out of Beverly Hills. So I watched that series and got kind of hooked. It's been three seasons. So there's one of those. I did end up also watching if anyone's ever seen it. There's a Jennifer Aniston um, series on Apple TV. I think it's like uh, Good Morning something or whatnot. I don't know. I'm like horrible at the names of these things because they were so long ago. I'm the same. And then the other thing that I watched was like a lot of like Zumbo's Bakery and um, it's called The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston. Yes, it came out last year around like November, December timeframe. But if you didn't get a chance to watch it, I've heard a lot of people watch it during the pandemic. So I watched that. Uh, I watched a lot of like the what Nicole Miller mentioned, right? The British baking bagels. <laughs> yes. So I got into a lot of baking shows while everyone else was like literally drinking, day drinking and enjoying like Tiger King. I got into the baking episodes. Like it's the weirdest thing. How about you? You know what? Mine were weird as well. I don't think I got into any series this year. I know it's, t- it's tough to think about. Like you're literally going back. I know. Yeah. Dead to Me with Christina Applegate is the dumbest movie I've ever watched. It is dumb. It is like every day I watch it, but I can't stop watching it because it's that good and that funny. Every episode I watch, I literally think that would not happen in the real world. And it's not like your medicine was like your hospital analogies were off or your military scenes weren't accurate. I don't mean that kind of wouldn't happen. I just mean the most ridiculous things. Like there's a bird that the dad, that the kid calls dad bird or bird dad and bird dad gets squeezed to death by his best friend on accident, of course. And then they find out that bird dad was actually a bird mom. And now they have to hand feed the little birdies to keep them alive. So it's just like the most ridiculous stuff. But it was pretty good. I also, because of a coach that I've been working with, I watched some kids' movies. um, And I was surprised at how much, not that I enjoyed them, but that the hidden lessons that were so good in them. um, There's a movie called Inside Out. It's a movie about feelings. I learned that anger is uh, one of my feelings I have a lot of respect for my anger feeling. <laughs> Look at that. You watch a children's show and then you get some like inspiration. Life lessons. The other one is called Rise of the Guardians. It's also kind of a, a cartoony thing. And um, Jack Frost is struggling with figuring out his identity and what he offers the world. And that was, uh, we actually did it as a family. We watched it. Everybody else had already seen it, but also really good. A lot of life lessons from it. Nice. What about a favorite song? I will tell you. So I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you, I have a favorite song. It's going to open up for you to, to talk about a podcast that'll come later when we talk about leaving corporate America. But my favorite song for the year was, you know, I'm, I, I'm as bad as with, with names as you are, probably worse. But it's the song where it's like, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. Is it called Up in Here? Is that the name of the song? Okay, up in here. Um, That became my ringtone for a population of people at work. (laughs) When that song came on, I knew it was not going to be a happy experience. Nice. Now I just play the song because it makes me laugh. Because you just like you some DMX, you know? Right. Party up. Did you have a favorite song this year? I didn't. However, I did listen. So um, there were like a couple of J-Lo songs that came out during the pandemic um, that I actually enjoyed. So I like a lot of her music just because it's very inspirational or cross-cultural. 
Yeah, she had some good stuff coming out this year. Last year. Last year. Whatever. I know. Whatever. You know, 2020. Whatever that was. Okay. Your biggest laugh. Something that happened in 2020 where you just laughed so hard you cried. I will say so. It was tough, right? Because again, there was a lot of moments during 2020 where I was watching the news and it was just sadness. So I will say I actually took a trip to Vegas and hung out with a friend. And I will say that just spending time with my friends in Vegas was my biggest laugh. Like just, we had such like tons of laughs, tears. It was just amazing. It was just, it was like a really good night. Um, So I will say that was probably my biggest laugh. How about you? I would say it was, any action meeting that I had with Jenny Blackwell or Tiffany Keenan. So it worked last year. We formed, uh, we call them action meetings, but they were dedicated meetings where you spend a whole day just getting stuff done. Might have borrowed that idea from people I've worked with in the past. But those meetings were hands down the best ever. There was one particular meeting where uh, Jenny, Tiffany, and I spent an entire day on laptops in her living room, flip charts, big screen TV so that we could do stuff. Um, We busted out an entire handbook, policies, and we had fun in the process. We even had this crazy Mexican lunch where she just, Tiffany had a spread of every condiment you could think of so that we could make any meal that we wanted to. So we laughed a lot during that day and got stuff done. That was kind of cool. Look at that. Success in both routes. <laughs> so think back to the year, Maria. Is there a compliment that stood out to you like the best? compliment you received in the entire year? My guy that I've been with, he went to the warehouse to go pick up some parts and a friend of his or whatever the, the, the worker at the warehouse stated, Hey, I saw you on social media. And he's like, Oh, you did. And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, why do you, um, why are you dating a 20 year old girl? And I, (laughs) I was like super stoked that I got like such a compliment for being like half my age practically. So I was like, oh, I'll take that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I make you look younger and you make me look older. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best ever. It was amazing. So I would say that's probably the best compliment I got is that I look 20 years old in the pictures. So I was like, I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, right. Love it. Is there like a moment of greatest thanks, like something that happened that just made you pause to say thank you, whether it was internally or externally? It's interesting because I I feel like there's been a couple of moments that I've reflected where I was either watching the news or like my significant other, you know, had a relative pass away from COVID, his uncle passed away. So I had a couple of moments of reflection where I had given thanks to the fact that I hadn't contracted COVID myself and that... I was still alive, right? So it's not necessarily that I had not contracted it, but that, you know, I was seeing all these stories in the news, like such healthy people passed away, like this runner, this athlete, or someone who's never had a single symptom in their life, right? And so like it, it freaks you out sometimes when you hear some of these stories. And so there were several moments throughout 2020 where I just stopped and I was like, thank goodness I'm alive. Like I'm so thankful in this moment right now to be alive, to be healthy, to be breathing, to be living another day. And I feel like that was just enough for me. Yeah. How about you? 
I would say that there were multiple opportunities throughout the year. I am incredibly thankful to have led such a talented HR group. So like there are things like that throughout the entire year. I would say the pinnacle towards the end of the year, and it's um, my family. We've also uh, been pretty fortunate. We've followed a ton of guidance, like social distancing, not going out unless you have to, doing delivery, wearing your mask. So we, we did all those things to stay healthy. And so far we have stayed healthy. But I would say it's actually my younger uh, nieces and nephews, like my great nieces and nephews, where we've gotten to a place that because I have found more life in my work-life balance, so a whole lot less work and a whole lot more life, Mm -hmm. they've become such an integral part of my life. I mean, just every single day, I laugh or smile or reflect and think through how lucky I am to be a part of a weirdo family that um, refuses to leave each other. Um, my nephew, I actually, my he just turned four about two weeks ago. He's my nephew that I call my best friend. He always tells me I'm his best friend. I took him to lunch today at the Cheesecake Factory And I asked him what his favorite part of the day was. And he was like, being with you. So I am super, super thankful to have been able to spend some quality time with them. And love me some good Cheesecake Factory. Me? Oh, me too. Can't tell you. Okay, so let's get into some deeper stuff. You ready? Yes, let's go for it. And guys, as you go through this, if you can't come up with three Come up with as many as you can, because there's some of these where I'm like, name three things. And when, even when I reflected on it, I was like, two's the best you're getting. Um, and that's okay. Sometimes that really is your year, and that's, that's what you have to go with. So let's start with the positive stuff. What are three goals that you achieve this year? For you and I, for this purposes, let's just stick to one. But guys, think through three goals. So Michelle, why don't you go first in this one? Things that I achieved this year. Okay, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with two because they work hand in hand. I took the most incredible leap of my career by leaving um, a job that kind of I do so well. I can do it in my sleep in organizational development to take on um, human resources. And quite frankly, outside of the fact that I don't like details, it's pretty freaking good at it. There were a number of really intense situations that I managed to, I nailed it. I nailed it. So that was really exciting, but it leads me, it actually leads me to the second positive I want to share, which is while that experience, I do feel like I did really well where I needed to learn and grow, maybe not other parts of it, but it also taught me that I define who I am and I achieved the goal way too early of leaving corporate America, starting our own gig, right? So done, done. I'm out of corporate America. Woo! (laughs) What about you? I achieved the goal of working the most hours in a day. Oh my God, you sure the frick did. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a, an achievement. However, <laughs> that's going to go on the that's going to go on the things you wish you'd done different list. That's true. That's true. No, and in, in all honesty, I cannot remember twelve months back if I had any goals or whatnot because the pandemic just clouded a lot of things. But I will say, there's a couple of goals that I had. One of them was just to sustain my position at my organization. And let me tell you how hella hard that is when A, you're going through a downsize and B, you have multiple multiple roles in an organization. So I will say that is a challenge um, that, you know, I feel like it was an achievement, even though it wasn't a goal I set out for myself. A goal I actually set out for myself from a personal perspective was to be able to solely reflect and be in the moment. And this is a little bit about what um, 
Nicole Miller said, right? And being able to really, like when you are in meditation, you are not distracted. You're not thinking about work. You're not restless. You are purely in yourself. And I think this year was the first time, I can't tell you how many times I've gone through a meditation app over and over and over. And I've gone prior to this in person, taken yoga classes and reflected and been able to try even to be in the moment. But I was constantly reflected by all the things. Like it's almost like when you're in bed and you're thinking about the 5 million things you have to do tomorrow. I couldn't get out of my head. This was a year I truly had moments of clarity and self-reflection undisrupted. Nice. It is tough. And some people are like, what the hell is wrong with you? That is so easy. Others like Nicole, who was on our podcast, can totally relate when you have a million things going on in your head, like, okay, I have to do this by tomorrow. I have to get this done. I have this call in the morning. Like you literally get out of work and your head's still thinking about work. Like it is the most challenging thing to be in yourself and not think about anybody or anything else. And I, and I finally got to that point. There's a lot of people who are like, how can someone sit in meditation and just meditate to themselves for like an hour every day? And I literally was that person. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. And then all of a sudden I did it. And I'm like, holy crap, this is what it feels like. So there is like some Buddhism, like legit situation that you can get yourself into, but it literally takes time. And I'm telling everybody who's listening on the call right now or, uh, you know, on this podcast, give it some time. Like if you're not there, don't give up. That is such good advice. So guys, as you go through that question at home, think about three really big goals that you accomplished, but answer the, the next two questions as well. When you think about those goals, and Maria started doing that in what she just talked about, how did you accomplish it? What did you do that helped you accomplish it? That will help you to learn some patterns about what you might need to do in order to accomplish your goals. So if it's repetition, if it's habits, stacking, which a lot of people have it stacking makes it easy to start stuff. So like if you always, 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 always like the minute you get out of bed, you go put on a pot of coffee, like pick something that you already do and layer a habit on top of that or an action on top of that. So starting the pot of coffee becomes the reminder that you need to put on your tennis shoes to do a short walk so that when you come back, the coffee's done and you can actually drink it. So making coffee means put on tennis shoes. Put on tennis shoes means go for a walk. Then go for a walk means reward yourself with coffee. So doing that habit stacking can work if you actually go through it. The next thing I would say, and Maria talked a lot about this, even if you didn't hear specific words, if you had listened to what she said, she answered this next question too. Think about how it made you feel to accomplish those goals. So when you can start to associate positive feelings to things that you are accomplishing, you are less likely to stop doing them. And so you guys heard her talk through it when she talked about the the release or the comfort from being able to quiet her mind and being able to link that positive because as humans, we try to avoid pain or things that are hard. That's what we do. So if you can link it to positivity, it makes it easier for you to do it in the future. Okay, major life change, Maria, that you are most proud of from 2020. Gosh, I already know what yours is and you just talked about it. <laughs> Bam, bump, see a corporate America. Actually, guys, here's the deal. I love corporate America. I've done it my entire life. And I still want to help leaders in corporate America. I want to do it from the outside because there is more flexibility. There is more, um, and I don't mean flexibility for my life. There is that, but there is more flexibility in the services that Maria and I can implement within your organization 
when we're coming in from the outside versus when we're when we're part of it. You know what? They've talked about that in politics. I'm not going to go anywhere even remotely debatable or questionable here, but I'll go with Einstein. Einstein actually has a quote that I'm about to hack up. Um, sorry, Albert Einstein, I'm going to mess up your quote, but I promise I'll get the gist of it right. You cannot fix a problem within the same place that the problem was created, within the same thinking that the problem was created. And that for me is what I mean when I say I'm still corporate America, I'm just not in the inside. It's harder to fix what is broken in your company when you are part of what is broken in your company. So bringing in someone external helps you to look at your organization in a different light. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. I was so close. (laughs) Okay. What about you? Did you have a major life change? Kind of. I got into a life that I actually enjoyed. So I am extremely introverted. And in a pandemic, that is the best life someone could choose. So literally... It was actually kind of nice for a while when and even up to now where you don't have to socialize and get exhausted by having socializations and interactions and forced conversations. So this is like the best circumstance. This is like the most life changing situation is to force everybody to be introverted it's like crazy, but yeah, I know, I know everybody is everybody who's an extrovert is still going to be an extrovert, and they're not getting their energy from being around people and having those conversations constantly. That is the best thing to ever happen to me. Although I, I'm over the million Zoom sessions, however, I have began switching my camera off and putting myself on mute more and not feeling obligated to speak up. So that's a good idea. What about something difficult that you overcame last year? It's interesting because it kind of creeped back up with me in 2021, but I had some difficulties with some business partners. And it's interesting because one of the things that I pride myself on is the most challenging business partners I tend to succeed with. So if someone's like, if someone is like so good at relationships, I can literally find the quirks in the person of the most challenging business partner relationship. I can be like, yes, I can break them. I can get into that. And so I would say I had a couple of those circumstances and I literally made the switch, but I think it creeps back up. Uh, it, it crept back up to me into this year where there were challenges, but It's something that was so far in the past that I literally have been able to succeed and move on from it. And, and so it's, it's interesting. And, you know, everyone has clients or customers where it's just like, you have that challenging person. Like they just say no all the time. You're like, I just gave you my most inspirational idea. And you're like, nope, not for me. And you're like, what the hell? Like, this is going to change your company. This is going to change everything. And I literally gave you like, like my number one idea and you're just not having it. And so there are moments where like there's just difficulties and sometimes you just can't overcome it. Sometimes you've got to bring in reinforcements like, all right, well, maybe my number one idea maybe is Michelle's number two and like the the client or the business partner or someone would prefer Michelle's idea. So I've had to come to terms with like, don't sit there and just like throw all of your chips on the table with your first idea, right? Leave a couple of chips to make a secondary bet. So I would say I've had, those were my difficulties throughout 2020 is like literally I threw all my chips on the one bet and I didn't have anything to gamble with for a second bet. So... Those are my difficulties. How about you, Michelle? I would say, and there are moments where I still have to work through this. I would say the biggest thing that I ever came from 2020, I was in a incredibly toxic relationship at work, which sounds crazy every time that I say it because people don't usually think of that extreme of a relationship in a work environment like they do in your personal environment. And it took a while and it took a lot of people like you, 
people like uh, Kristen, my coach, for me to talk through to get this. But uh, I really, there was this moment where I'd allowed this person to sort of decide who I was. Um, and I started believing what this person was saying about who I was. And I started taking that on as my identity, even though my friends and people like you were constantly saying, that's not who you are, it's not who you are, it's not who you are. Still didn't matter. I took it on. I remember specifically a conversation. I was at lunch, but I was in my office because I didn't ever leave the office. And I remember saying to Kristen, you know what? Fuck, she does not tell me who I am. I tell me who I am. That was a tough one for me because I ended up letting that relationship really impact a lot of activities in my life and a lot of things that I didn't get accomplished. So starting to overcome that, I would say, is my greatest win. Interesting. You know what? I can't wait till we talk more about that. I was just going to say, let's talk about it. So one, I mean, one of the questions, right, was your, what's your greatest toxicity? How can you influence it or change it or, or live with it, right? So I would say that was the greatest source of toxicity or negativity in my life. And actually in my entire life, not just the year, when I think through all of my life experiences, that relationship is the pinnacle of toxicity. It was incredibly toxic. I tried to influence it to your point. And I think that's one of those things that we always try to tell people is, can you change it? Can you influence it? Are there people you can reach out to? Um, And I did. I altered my activities. I adjusted the way I behave. I went to the right people to vent. I went to people outside of work to vent so that to give all the details to you so that I could feel like I got it off my chest and then come back. And none of those things worked. I had zero influence over the situation. What continued to happen was I continued to get sucked in. I made a decision. It was probably late summer where I said, this isn't working. I am going to find something else because this isn't working for me. It is not healthy for me. And my boss talked me out of leaving. Then uh, things didn't necessarily get better. So I tried to resign again. Um, and my boss convinced me not to. And then during that entire process, I was still trying to influence or control the situation. So I was still making crazy choices that went against my value system. And so finally, it became, I can't live this way anymore. And I have to go. Even after, because I I would say it was probably late summer, early fall when I had that moment where I was like, you don't define me. Because like you, I'm used to having really fucking great business partner relationships. Like you, I can really find out what's driving or motivating a person. And I am willing to bend to help that person be successful based on what's important to them. Because as a HR support partner, our job usually is, to adjust within boundaries, of course. Um, But our job is to adjust to help others in a company be successful. So I've always had great business partner relationships. So the fact that I couldn't get this relationship under control, it was hard. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's almost like you feel like in a moment in time, you're like a failure, but then you're like, there's literally like, I've gone to all of my successful resources and I've exhausted all of their options as well. Exactly. You know what? It's, it's funny. And I think the same thing, like even when you talk about customer complaints and stuff like that, we always say the biggest complainer gets the most attention. You've noticed that in, in, uh, retail and restaurants too. The biggest complainer. Oh, a thousand percent. Yes. And it's funny, like I went to people that I knew would not lie to me. Like I went to you, you or Amy, like Amy Obermeyer since 2004. She has called it like it is, whether I wanted to hear it or not. I went to those kind of peoples, the you's and the Amy's of the world And even though you guys would reinforce I wasn't crazy, it's just like that 
experience with customers, the negative thing is what you latch onto. So you guys were constantly saying, Michelle, stop. And yet the only thing I could hear was what was happening in that relationship. And guys, when I say relationship, I don't mean intimate, outside of work, significant other. I use the word relationship even when I'm talking about business. So that's just what I mean is the way two people interact with each other. Yeah, you had battered wife syndrome. I did have battered wife syndrome and I wasn't even a fucking wife. Fuck. I definitely learned what gaslighting was. Not because I read the definition, but because I experienced it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say for me, that sort of sums up a lot of things. But I want to ask two more positives before we just quickly review some of the negatives. Where is a place that you feel like you had incredible impact that you were super proud of? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I had incredible impact in a number of places. And I think it was one during the benefits uh, piece when I in my career. So um, this year, you know, obviously surveying a population, trying to identify what was incredibly important to them and making those adjustments seemed to me at the moment to be extremely successful, as well as I would say, as exhausting as it is, and as much as we joke that we are infectious disease doctors, COVID, I would say, was a huge impact and benefit for me from a learning perspective, because I got to get into the mindset of an employee within the organization, as well as the business. So when people are looking for specific COVID consultants, here are some things you need to think through. You need to think through, A, how does it impact the business and what policies and procedures you need to have in place? B, as a result of the action you take, what is the reaction of the employee, right? So whether you have spoken or unspoken words on this topic, it is a action that you've taken that has created a reaction with your population. And so your stance means everything. And this goes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Um, Or with COVID or any sort of topic, whether you are silent or outspoken, it is an action that creates a reaction. And so the less you speak on this topic, the more you are going to see a reaction on this topic. So the less the employees know of what's transpiring in the organization, what your thoughts are when people are coming back. That's why you saw so, um, I would say so few, but uh, so many tech organizations speak out and say, we're not returning back to the offices until January 2021 or July 2021. Like they threw out their stances right away because they knew that silence is an action that creates a reaction with their population who was under angst. And so all of those pieces from when you're returning back to the office, returning people to the office if you're essential, things like that, it is all a chain of reactions to an action. And so I would say that was probably some of my biggest lessons learned, uh, lessons learned, an accomplishment to be able to get into the mindset, leverage my psychology degree, leverage my human resource aspect, leverage my business uh, intuition, things like that, and my business partnerships to really leverage and get another level and another notch on my belt that I probably wouldn't have had experience with had I been in another organization or under different leadership. Incredible. I have no words. I definitely experienced exactly what you're talking about, where inaction, even if inaction is the lack of communication, becomes the action, which results in in a reaction. Yeah. And as much as it is, it was exhausting for us because you and I kind of had similar roles in our organizations there was positivity because we had, we have grown through that experience. Yes. That's a good one. Is there any particular person that stands out that you had a positive impact on? Good question. 
I don't know if I had a particular person that I had a positive impact on. I don't know. I'm not even going to guess on this one. It's tough. It is a tough one. You know, it's interesting. And I think this only because I left a situation is one of the reasons it became easier for me to identify from a work perspective, people that I had an impact on. Because after leaving, I'm now out of their day-to-day life. And I think that opens up and it allows people to be more honest about the impact you had when you were a part of their day-to-day. I am thrilled at how many people continue to reach out to me, ask for advice, seek my feedback, not about work situations. So if uh, anybody I'm working with, I used to work with, I know some of you listen to the podcast. I'm not saying they're reaching out to me talking about corporate secrets, but just about their life. Like I have this happening or I don't really know how to handle this or how would you do this? And what's interesting is I knew I'd formed some relationships in the HR department that would last forever. And those aren't even the folks that I'm talking about. I do still um, do shout outs and talk to those folks, but I'm talking about people that I would not have known. I don't think I would have known if I'd stayed in that environment, the impact that I had on them. Yeah. Sometimes you never know the impact you have on somebody until you're either you've left or, you know, down the road. Yep. So for our listeners, when you guys are going through those impact questions, when you think about the thing that you had the most impact on for the year, ask yourself, how do you up your game next year? Now's a good time while you're thinking about it to say, okay, so I did that this year. What do I do to make it better next year? And then for the people that you had impact on, I would say, ask yourself, how do I step up my game next year? How do we thank each other more readily while it's happening versus, you know, when you leave a job or whatever? And one last question that I would say to ask yourself here before we talk about a few of the, um, a few of the tougher questions is ask yourself who, what three people had the most impact on you. And then ask yourself a follow-up question. How do you pay it forward? I would say easily outside of my family, if I'm just, um, because I'm going to thank my family forever. We're really tight knit um, and they always have incredible impact on me. I would say, Maria, you um, had an incredible impact in my life. I would would say even going back to 2019, even before that, but just around this business, around what I was experiencing at work, incredible impact. Um, I would say my friend Kyung, really stood out here. And then I would say Kristen stood out for me here. But now my question becomes, how do I pay it forward so I can return what was fed into me? Does anybody stand out to you? I'll take a Starbucks gift card. Done. (laughs) I have like 20 that I've never used. I just put it on my app and keep forgetting I have it. No, I would say, you know, you're obviously one of the individuals that, uh, you know, stood out from an impact perspective for many reasons, obviously through this podcast, your business, but just conversation, right? There are so many tough conversations that we've had along the way on a lot of our challenges during COVID and 2020. And so that, you know, super appreciative of, because I think you and I were going through a lot of the same struggles within essential businesses. And there's not too many individuals can really relate to the weekend work and (laughs) night chaos, even though I am super jealous and envious you're out of it and proud of you that you're out of it as I'm still struggling through some of those. But, um, you know, I would say my other friend Katya um, through 2020 was literally a saving grace through all the times where I was just exhausted from the amount of hours I was working. She forced me to get out and stretch my legs and see some sun and not be cooped up in the house when I just wanted to sleep all weekend because I was exhausted from the chaos of the week. So it's good when you get to um, meet some individuals who are able to inspire you in other ways that aren't always business related um, and help make you a better person. Love those people for sure. Okay, so listeners, here are some of the questions that allow you to look at the tougher things from the year. But there's follow-up questions as well. 
because just because you didn't accomplish a goal doesn't really mean um, you failed. Guys, I hope you all know by now I use real words. There was one situation where I was teaching a leadership development class and a guy was telling me a story and he basically was not successful. And sometimes I struggle with using the corporately correct words that avoid hurting people's feelings. And I looked at him and I said, so basically you failed. And he goes, huh? And I said, so you're a failure. And I didn't mean he was a failure. I meant it failed. (laughs) So guys, if I don't, like sometimes failing's okay because the goal wasn't that, that important. So one of the first things that I tell you to ask yourself are what are three goals that you didn't accomplish or think three things that you wanted to accomplish that you didn't. And then go with those follow-up questions. How does it make you feel that you didn't accomplish that? So for me, it was spending the time that I wanted to on a side hustle that is no longer a side hustle. It's a real hustle. How does it make me feel? It actually disappointed in myself. Why did I fail? That's the next question you want to dig into is why or what was it that caused you to end up there? And then ask yourself this, based on thinking about how you feel and why you ended up not accomplishing the goal, is it something you want to continue? There's a theory I learned a long time ago. It was It started based on Franklin Covey's principle of prioritizing your daily activities. And Franklin Covey, when paper journals were a thing, you would like check it off if you did it. And you would put an arrow if you push it to the next day. Like you decide, I can't do it today, but I need to do it tomorrow. Kind of draw a little arrow in that written planner. But there was a theory that was built later. So I don't think, I, I don't remember learning it when I learned the system. But later, someone said to me, if you push something, if you push an activity for more than two to three days, you might as well cross that shit off because it clearly doesn't mean anything to you. So here's what I ask you to get real with yourself. Is it something that even needs to be on there? Or is it something that the world has made you feel like you need to do? And you just keep adding it to your list because of pressure outside, cross that shit off and put stuff on that really matters to you. I like it. Is there anything you wish you'd done different or you could have done better? Why do they matter? Why do you want to do them different? Why do you wish you had done them different? Simon Sinek talks about this a lot. Why? He talks about that. Why? He uses, there was a, there was a talk I heard with him once where he used Apple As an example, if you guys look at any Apple commercial advertisement conversation, they don't say, our MacBook has blah, blah, blah processing suite. They never give you the features. They show the cute lifestyle, right? They show the things that you can do with their technology because that's the why. They get you to buy the why buying the product is a lot easier. The same thing applies when you are trying to decide what's important in your life. Tying it to a why helps you to bring it to the forefront. Um, I was actually talking to uh, another friend of mine who is a coach, Julie Prince, and she asked me my why on something. (laughs) And then she laughed at me because it was so lame-o. I said something like, because I don't want to die. And she said, do you really think that why is going to keep you sane at three o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep and you are trying to do blah, blah? Um, <laughs> and I was like, no. And she said, I'm just telling you straight out that wouldn't help me because if the alternative was something that was exciting to me, I would tell myself you're going to die anyway. And I can actually remember my dad used to say that when we would beg him to stop smoking before he finally quit, he would always say, you got to die somehow. And so your why needs to be big and it needs to be real and it needs to be tied to consequences other than I'm going to eat crappy food because you got to die somehow. That's stupid. I know. Sorry, Maria. (laughs) And then the last question Maria asked me earlier when she dug deeper into my toxic environment What was the source of your toxicity or negativity? 
Is it something that you can influence or change? Or is it something you can live with? And depending on how you answer those questions, you might have to let some shit go. True story. So last thing, guys, we'll share some of these on our LinkedIn page. So if you go like us on LinkedIn, we'll share these actual questions so you can review it yourself. But I would say next, look at the the next year. What are you most excited about what's coming up or what potential is in the next year? What are some big things that you really want to do or accomplish? And then you can start looking at things that are tactical, like what are my plans to accomplish them? What are the milestones? How will I know I'm successful? You know, those kind of smart goal setting things. Yeah, I will say, Michelle, you know, a a lot of this series was talking about our our personal lives, but how they integrated into our our work lives, our day-to-day in a business. And so I will urge you all as listeners to sit and reflect, not only in your personal life, because that is important, but I know you spend most of your life, your living moments at work, And most people say to you that your business partners, your peers, your work is like your family, right? So think about that. Think about how do you reflect for the few hours that you are at home in your personal life, but how do you reflect on the past in what you do every day with your quote unquote family, right? With your business, with your work, when you go to work, how have you reflected on that? And how are you going to make a change moving forward? Maybe that means you stay at the same company. Maybe that means you're going to make a change and you're going to have to change moving forward. A moment of reflection is a moment of clarity for you. So I need you to sit there and understand that it is a moment for you to stop and pause. We all have a moment. If I can find a moment, you can find a moment. So I am really having you, I'm urging you right now, as you're listening to this podcast, stop, take a moment, reflect in your personal life, reflect in your business life. Only you can make that change. Only you can sit there and have these lessons learned situations. I've done it. I just did it with my team. We had open enrollment for benefits. You sit there, you have the postmortems or AKA lessons learned. And you sit there and you reflect on what transpired and how you can do it better next year. So do you better. Do a better you. That's all I have. Until next time, listeners, take care. Bye. Bye, guys.